The following audio is from Grace Fellowship of Westerville. To learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.gracefcwesterville.org. Well, that's a message in and of itself, huh? Am I on? Perfect. Well, good. Welcome, everybody. Um, Grace Fellowship Church here this morning. It's, uh, it's good to get together. We started a little earlier in uh, regards to our adult Sunday school class. And uh, you're all invited. If you're interested in uh, coming in at 9, we'll be there each, uh, each Sunday. Um, but welcome, and I'm thankful to be up here um, sharing the message this morning with Cornet and Mike and the rest of the ministry. There's a lot of workers that we have here. And we see people stepping up. This morning, um, I want you to, uh, there's no overheads, um, so we're going to be using our Bibles. If uh, this is the first time for the, the teens and young 20s, you actually get to get your phone out and uh, pull up your Bible on your phone. And, um, but yeah, get your Bibles out. We're going to look through, look through some passages and then work together in understanding God's Word. The passage that we're going to be talking about this morning um, is you see in your bulletin, the church. Many members, one body, and specifically the, the church, the body of Christ. You know, what is it? And the passage is in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. And it says, For as the body is one, and as many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit... We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning and all get together from different places, different locations, we all have different situations that we've come from. We get together here as, as your children, the body of Christ. We're thankful for the freedom that we have to be able to assemble together. Just pray that as we spend time in your word that you would speak to us, that the power of your Holy Spirit would be working within us, that you would convict us, bring realization to light, help us understand your word and how we can apply it. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things, you know, in um, the the, uh, passage we just saw upstairs in regards to God having a plan, we we don't always understand, but according to Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, we've talked about that a few times, our thoughts don't always line up with what God's doing. But we believe in faith, he has a plan. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Right? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So in regards to the, the first bullet in his plan, his purpose. It's, it's God's plan, and it's his purposes that are going to prevail, not man's. One of the things I want to do this morning, I talked to a few of you already, 
Um, we're going to have an interactive session this morning, so if, so if you agree with something, I'll say amen. <laughs> if you feel like praising the Lord, feel free to do that. Um, but it's interactive. I mean, as a body, we interact with one another, and, um, and we encourage one another. And, um, and if something strikes you, go ahead and feel free to cry out, right? Um, the power of his word in Isaiah 55, 11. So Romans 8, 28, let's back up. All things work together for good to those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. And in the Bible, that plan's laid out for us. And as we look and as we read, we see it unfold. And um, as we go from Genesis to Revelation, specifically in Isaiah 55, 11, he says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. So the power is not in the speaker. The power is not in the, the skill set of the individual or the teacher, but the power is in his word. His word goes out. says, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It's his word. That's right. Today's Palm Sunday, and we saw a little bit of that, a little bit of a prelude onto that. You know where the Day of Remembrance comes from? And um, the, the, the Day of Remembrance in regards to Palm Sunday, what is it? And uh, how did it happen? How is that event, and how, how does that event recorded in our Bible? Right, an actual event that happened using palms, and it involved our Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at this, John 12, 12 through 15 is the next passage we're going to look at. So if you want to turn to that with me. It says, The next day, a great multitude had come to the feast. And when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. So here's Jesus. Has anybody ever been to a parade? Big throng of people, right? Streets are lined, people are cheering, can hardly hear your own voice. Um, you're tugging at the kids, trying to drag them through the crowd, right? <laughs> That's what that day looked like. And specifically, Jesus, he was found, he had a young donkey, sat on it. It is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on, a don on donkey's colt. Great multitude of people rush out to meet him. Jesus had just come from the house of Lazarus. These people are rushing out to meet him, carrying branches of palm trees, welcoming him, him as a king. And they cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the king of Israel. And this was where this comes from specifically. It was prophesied about 300 years earlier in Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 through 10. So Zechariah is prior, if you return back prior to Matthew, and you look at the book of Zechariah, Verses 9, 9 through 10, he says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will, cut, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. So again, approximately 300 years earlier, that's prophesied. Jesus now comes in, and think about that. 
And specifically, Jesus upsets some of the Pharisees and they tell him to rebuke some of the disciples. They tell him to be quiet. Don't say that, <laughs> right? And, um, if they could even hear him. Jesus, in Luke 19, 40, he says, I tell you that if even if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Well, why is that? Because God's word's going to go out. It's his word. God's word's going to be fulfilled. No efforts of man or creature can stop it. God's word's going to be carried out as he describes for his purposes. Man cannot stop it. Even if we as a country, if we come under persecution, ban the Bible, ban God's word, it's going to go out. Throngs of people who want to see Jesus. He has a plan, tells them the hour has come, and that the, uh, the Son of Man should be glorified. In John, um, John 12, 24, we read, Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He makes a statement that pertained to him that it would be lived out in the next five to seven days. It goes from, from this, this parade, this throng of people reaching out, proclaiming, yelling Hosanna, excited, goes to Jesus on the cross. How does that happen? We're designed to serve him. John 12, 25 through 26. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. A long time. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So if we want my father to honor me, we want God's, we want God's blessing, who are we serving? We're serving Jesus Christ. He reveals here what's going to happen to him but as well, how those that follow after him grow by dying a self first. We serve Christ first by following him. Not a man, not a church, not a ministry. We specifically follow Christ. He says, where I am, then my servant will be. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. We grow our church today by serving Christ, by following him when this happens, his word says, if anyone serves me, my father will honor. We're all, we're all designed differently. How do we serve Christ? What, where is Christ working? And look around, Grace. Specifically, he's working amongst us. So think about it. We're going to do a little, little history here. Sadly, the Lord took our dear pastor from us not too long ago. Was specifically preaching about what? Taking your place on the wall. Right? The wall's broken down. Nehemiah needs some help. He specifically challenged the people to take your place on the wall, who you were designed to be. Get on the wall and get busy. Where's your place? What will you do? All the while, while saying, must, he must, um, all the while, Pastor Craig saying, while saying, I must decrease, he must increase. And he knew it's, it's the Lord we serve. Some man. People, so what happens is, people start to step up. God allows some events to unfold. It takes, takes some from our ministry here. It hurts. Those that we love, it's confusing. 
We don't understand. But what do we say at the beginning? God has a plan, right? He, he has the plan. It's his plan that's unfolding. We're not a business. We're a body. As a result of the loss of the members, more need to step up. More places on the wall need to be filled. In today's God, building his church, and that's you. He's specifically building you. He's, he's, he's brought you here for this specific time. The body of Christ knitting it together. You know, tightly woven. So let's keep moving. The body of Christ is described by Paul earlier in 1 Corinthians 12. What is this? Where does it come from? So Paul uses the analogy of the human body specifically in regards to the church, the body of Christ, whom Christ is the head. So that's got to be first and foremost. Christ is the head. Ephesians 1.22, if everyone could turn with me there. Real important verse in regards to describing who we are and where we're going. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills, who fills all in all. So it's Christ that fills us. It's his word, the living word that fills us. And as a result, we're able to do, we're able to carry on his ministry. Christ is not still on the cross. And we'll see next week when he's, he's resurrected, right? He lives in us. Paul mentions this again in Colossians as he speaks about sufferings for you for the sake of his body, which is the church, for us. All those people that have gone before us allow us to be here today. Specifically, when Jesus died and was raised up on your behalf, right? he knew he could not leave us alone, so he promised his return. And who does he promise? He promises us a counselor, a helper, one who would um, unite sinful man saved by grace. The counselor was and is his Holy Spirit. We've been talking about that in our Sunday school class. His voice in our hearts. The Holy Spirit who is the voice of Christ in our lives today. Are you listening for him? Are you being attentive, alert? Are you, are you distracted by the cacophony and noise that happens all around me? Even here. Are you listening for Christ's voice as you speak to one another, as you love one another? John 14, 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He, Jesus goes on to say in John 17, 20 through 23. And if you want to write those down, John 17, 20 through 23, that he wants us to be one with him, that the world will believe God sent him Jesus. As the world sees us together as a body, as it, as it sees us united, the world is, is confused. They say there's something different there. And they see us. So that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. 
This is the church, the body of Christ, and those that would believe in him, united by one spirit, his spirit. When Christ went into Jerusalem on that donkey, that was him giving up the ministry, or really him starting the ministry, that he would have amongst us the body. There's one body. A lot of people in the world will be afraid to say that today. <laughs> in the, um, I don't know if, if any of you are, if you are mystified, I'm not necessarily politically correct. No. <laughs> There's one body, right? Ephesians, let's go back to Ephesians and look at chapter 4, 4 through 6. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. That's a pretty powerful verse. Something to remember. As you're out amongst the world, and as we'll leave here and we'll go back out into the world, this is a collective where it's safe. We can come together and we can, we can work with one another, we pray with one another. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful place of peace. We go out into that wicked world and there's all kinds of lies. We were talking about our Sunday school class this morning. That the enemy is an enemy of lies. He's a, he deceives. There's one body, one spirit, just as you are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. And I'm specifically speaking to us, the body, those of us that are believers, um, that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you haven't made that decision, you may not understand what I'm talking about, then ask the question, what does it mean? What is he talking about in regards to one body? What is he talking about in regards to one spirit? What is the hope that he's talking about? What's baptism? Those are questions that came to me before I became a Christian. So how did we get here from Jesus' death and resurrection to the growing church, the expansion of his ministry to the world, through those that would believe in him, you, the body? So let's look at Acts 10, 42-43. Historical book. Facts have been verified. So Acts 10, 42-43. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Peter's speaking, he's talking. He goes on in 1044, when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision group, so those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on who? On the Gentiles also. This is the first time. Specifically, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. They're mystified. They have, it's just a, it's a crazy, crazy time. The Holy Spirit's uniting Jewish believers, Samaritans, we heard the parables of you know, Jesus talking about the Samaritans, right? Samaritans, Gentiles, they're all coming together and now going to spread the, um, the whole world to you and me. And specifically, they're baptized in the name of the Lord. And what a day. Praise God for his grace and mercy to us, right? Amen is right. Absolutely. People, I'm sure, out of their minds with, they're out of their minds with joy, with amazement. 
it, it must have been just a crazy day. I mean, just crazy. Something that, that never happened before. So if you look at 1122, things are so crazy that the word spreads back to Jerusalem, right? From Caesarea, and they send Barnabas to check things out. They're like, this can't possibly be happening. They go, Barnabas goes down there. He arrives, he sees the grace of God. Specifically, he sees the grace of God and encourages them all with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. He says, yep, this is real. I'm validating it. Continue on doing what you're doing. This is awesome. <laughs> if that's not enough, he sees people being added to the Lord daily and realizes he needs help. So he realizes, I can't do it alone. There's got to be just too many. He goes, for, he, so what does he do? He goes to Saul. He goes to Antioch and he, um, in 26. For, for a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. That was when they were first called Christians. This is the first time that they're, they're labeled with that name, and the body of Christ is now formed, and it's growing. They're united under one name, Jesus Christ. God's powerful. As we said in the beginning, he has a plan. It may not be exactly what we think it is. It may not be even close to what we think it is, who would have thought that God was going to reconcile the world to himself through the Gentiles? The Jews sure didn't. Right? We, why he chose this plan, this is, the, this is the mystery. We were talking this morning about the mystery. What is the mystery? The mystery is this, the church. One day we can, one day we can ask him. We'll get to heaven and say, Lord, I don't understand. You use fallible man, Scott, who trips over his own feet. <laughs> right? And uh, people who can't speak a word and come from backgrounds of diversity, I'm sure if I, if, I, if I knew all of your stories, it would be so diverse. It would be crazy. But for whatever reason, Christ brings us together as a body. And we can learn from one another. We can grow. We can experience. We learn from one another, and then we take that, that message, we take it out into the world. And somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit uses that. You know, I think of like baking a, a dough of bread. I mean, you put in, you have dough, and you flour, and you put in sugar, and um, you put it in the oven, you heat it, and out, out comes this bread. How does that all work? I have no idea, but I, it tastes good, right? How does an airplane get off the ground? I, I'm still amazed today that an airplane gets off the ground and flies safely, most, in most cases, flies safely to the next location, right? How does that happen? How do birds, how do they fly? All these mysteries. Well, we have a mystery as well, and it's the mystery of the church. God using the Holy Spirit, infallible man, to, to reconcile the world to himself, in the meantime, we believe, we believe God has a plan. He chose us. He chose you. He chose me. Who believe in Jesus and accepted him as Lord and Savior. Hidden his word in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? He's reconciling the world, his creation, back to himself. Through Jesus, now Christ in us. That, that, that is the mystery. We can't fully explain and understand what's going on, but we in faith, we trust that God has a plan. <laughs> So Paul's drive, his motivation is the love of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, if you want to turn 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, what's my motivation? What's Paul's motivation? It says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, that Scott should no longer live for himself, but for him, 
who died for them and rose again. And that's what we'll be celebrating next week. Amen is right. I pray that you would join us. I pray you would gather family members and friends and bring them in. Because we're going to have a message next week. Specifically on the risen, our risen Savior. Him who lives today in us. Remember the kernel of wheat? If it dies, it produces what? It produces much. But if it remains a single seed, if we live for Christ, we die, we die to self. Seek his will, we reproduce. He speaks the same language Jesus spoke of when he was speaking to the disciples, to live as Christ and to die as gain. I give my life up that Christ might be glorified and there might be reproduction and the church grows, his ministry grows, it blossoms. He's reconciling the world to himself. We are reconciled to Christ and he's using us to do this. Again, think about, don't forget where you came from. It's very easy to forget where we came from. Settle into mediocrity. Settle in that, that this is norm. You talk to people from other places on earth. Africa, Indonesia, Asia. This, this is not the norm. <laughs> We're blessed. Beyond our imagination. It's amazing. As a Christian, as part of the church... You each who know Christ as Lord are part of that body. You're important, you're useful, you're precious to him, you're loved by him. Each of you have been created uniquely. Valuable. The world shuns value of life. Let's next go to Romans 12, 4 through 5. Book of Romans. Great book. For as we, and it's specifically 12, 4 through 5, it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We're, we're interconnected. We cannot separate ourselves from one another. <laughs> I can't separate myself from Vince. Vince can't separate himself from me. Despite our differences and despite our, <laughs> our joys, right? We've got to work that out. Cornet, Mike, and I, Gordon, any one of us, right? Frank, any one of us, we're connected. And we're connected for a reason, for his glory. For as, many, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function so we being many are one body in Christ. Not in tradition, not in my surname, not in the Patriots, whatever. Dan, plug for the sorry. <laughs> right? We're connected in Christ. It's Christ and Christ glorified in us that's going to change us and change the world. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. We'll go back to our, the verse that we started with. For as, one, as the, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So one of the things we talk about in our Sunday school class is what does it say? What does the word say? I'm not going to interpret it. What does it say? And then what does it mean? And then is there any practical application for me? So it says, for as the body is one and has many members, 
But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. For by one spirit, right, we go back to one body, one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, doesn't matter our background, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. We're not individuals anymore. We're not. What you do impacts me. What I do impacts you. The gifts and abilities that God's blessed me with, I can help you with. I learn every single, I probably learn more in my Sunday school class from those that are speaking up than they learn from me. I know without a shadow of a doubt. God's working on me every day, every week. Even preparing this message. Shave off this, shave off that, add in this, add in that. Reflect and uh, go in and reconcile with a brother or sister. You know, to continued growth. And he specifically placed us as he pleases, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 18. Placed as he pleases. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. He placed you right where he wanted you. He designed you, created you, just as he wanted. With all your, the gimp, and the hiccup, and the, the twist, and the, all the different, you know, different things that we have. He specifically, now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. So what's, it, what's he talking about? What does it mean as he pleased? So you might be thinking, Scott, so you're telling me that God chose me, knitted me together in my mother's womb with all the attributes that he gave me, all who I am, had me born at the exact time, and that he did in the exact city, the exact state, continent, placed me in the family that he did, placed me amongst the people that I associate with on a daily basis, placed me in the church that he did, led me here for some reason. He did as he pleased. Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm not. God is. <laughs> it's not my word. It's, what he's te- it's his word. I'm just the messenger. So we all need to grow up, right? Pull up our pants and say, okay, why do you have me? Ask the questions then. Why do you have me here? Why am I here? What am I doing here? On an intentional basis. Instead of floating, we're not, we're not a raft on a river just floating, God specifically guiding us, right? He's telling you through his word and through the, through the Holy Spirit, he's confirming this as truth, that Jesus wants to walk with you and use you in his ongoing ministry. The ministry didn't stop when he was on the cross and when he came to meet with the disciples. The ministry continues. The ministry continues through the book of Acts. Jesus, when he was in the garden, who did he pray for? He specifically prayed for those that would hear the message of those that I've been with. That's you and I. Jesus prayed for you to be here today. Think, and that's amazing. (laughs) Dwell on that for a minute. I mean, think about that. So there are different parts of body that make up the whole. You know, God has a, definitely has a sense of humor, right? So it is with the body of Christ. So the hand, so can the hand say to the nose, I don't need you, right? 
Some, some of us more than others. <laughs> of course not. That can't be. And Paul talks, about, Paul talks about the different parts of the body that we think are less honorable, those given greater honor, those that are unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But God, God designed the body that all parts have value. All are valuable, no matter what they are. Right? They all have purpose. They're all needed. Every one of us. And if one part suffers, when one part hurts, we all suffer. We all hurt. There's no part of the body that can separate themselves from the rest of the body without hurt. If one part, if one part suffers, we all suffer. If one part hurts, we all hurt. If one part rejoices, we all rejoice. We all laugh together. We all have joy together. We are the body of Christ. Right? Let, let no one deceive you of that. Grace Church, brothers and sisters, you are the part of the, of the body of Christ, right? Each one of you, each one of you contribute to the body of Christ. Each one of you are important. So the question arises, then what part, what part are you? What is your part? You know, the nose, again, can't say to the hand, well, I don't need you, you're always running. And the nose says to the hand, well, you're always grabbing at me. I mean, stay, keep your place down by the side, right? They could fight back and forth. The, nose, the hand could hit the nose, the nose bleeds. Right? They all hurt. <laughs> the brain says, well, you guys knock it off. <laughs> all right? But then we go to dinner. So we're going to lay out a little bit. Of, so we go to dinner. I had a wonderful, I like steak, steak, steak. Rochelle made uh, steak and shrimp last night. It was awesome. Right? So that, that gets laid out on the table. The hand brings the food to the nose. The nose smells of the brain. Wow. This is awesome. Hand, you just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> this is a good thing. Hand says to the nose, you keep doing what you're doing. This is making me feel pretty good. You got the blood pulsating. It's all, it's all working together. Right? That's how the body of Christ works together as well. Amen is right. Dan, I mean, playing the music. Rick working down in Columbus. Mike preaching down in Columbus. You know, the ladies, Aubrey and Rochelle, singing up here. I mean, good Lord, you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> you know, thank God for them. You know, our greeters at the door, they'd welcome somebody in with a handshake and a smile. You know, Connie and Ron, they'd host 17 people every other week. Praise God. Think of the leg that's broken, the other parts of the body that compensate for it until it's healed. Right? So though I may use a crutch, the arm, the shoulder, the hand, they're not designed. They were never designed to help me walk. But the leg is. It gets tiring doing which I was not designed to do. But when I'm doing which God which, when I'm doing that which I was designed to do, it's poetry in motion. Right? It's enjoyable, it's pleasing, it doesn't feel like work. Somebody else may say to you, how in the world do you do that? Well, because that's how it's designed to do. And Dan, I mean, when he comes in here and plays this music, I, I, that's a mystery. I don't know how he does it, but he does. God's designed him to be able to read music, hear music, play. I don't get it, but it sure is wonderful when he does. It causes me to just reflect on the Lord Meditate, it's awesome. Hear the ladies singing, great. And I meet the greeters at the door. Jeff is there every week. Every week I can count on Jeff being there. 
hearty handshake, pulls my arm out of socket. <laughs> you know, but what a guy. I mean, he's smiling. He's there every single week. Praise God for him. So do, do you know what your part is? Do you understand how God's designed you? Call out and ask. James 1, 5 through 6 challenges us to call out. James is a great book. Fantastic. James 1, 5 through 6. If you want to turn there with me? He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask who? Should I run to my mentor? Should I run to my mom? Should I run to my grandmother? No, he says specifically, if any of you lacks wisdom, don't Google it. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith and not doubting. No doubting. If I go specifically God's word, if it's right and true, which we said it was in the beginning, right? What does it say? He says to go to him. If you have a question as to what am I supposed to be doing? Paul asked that question, right? When he came, Paul said, um, he, when he was struck to the ground, he said, who are you, Lord? And what would you have me do? Right? We should be asking that same question. Ask in faith and with expectation that he's going to answer you. Right? So, attitude. Um, wondering what he's going to do to us, where he's going to send us with expectation. I should expect an answer if I'm asking in faith. So James says, the next step, then do it. You need to do it. Take a step of faith. Right? Be doers of the word. James 1.22, be doers of the word. A friend of mine, he says, James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Right? Sometimes we can trick our, oh, I'm doing a lot of work, I'm getting this done. Don't. No, he says, be doers of the word. Are, are what you are doing, is that producing fruit? Is it benefiting somebody else? When I leave a conversation with my brother or my sister, are they better off than when I first approached the conversation? Or am I better off? <laughs> Who talked more? Right? Be doers of the word. Love one another. Care for one another. A friend of mine, he, a good friend of mine, he says, do the do. <laughs> right? Don't just research and analyze. We can read. We can study. We can write down notes. But he says, do. Do that which you believe God has called you to do. It may take a few tries, taking steps of faith, testing different areas, different aspects of ministry. Right? God will guide you if you're taking steps of faith and you're truly asking in earnest what he would have you do. God will guide you. He'll restore you. Your job is taking steps of faith, doing, doing the do. Serving, dying to self, seeking to walk with Christ as he grows this ministry. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing or not doing. Do your part. The rest will come along. Trust God. He, it's his plan anyway. Right? Trust him. So what part of you, if you know what part of the body you are, then again, the question is, what are you doing? If you're a hand, are you supporting the rest of the body? If you're a, if you're a foot, are you carrying the rest of the body where it needs to go? If you're a lung, are you breathing in heavy? Are you breathing in giving oxygen to the rest of the body? Are you, are you doing what you've been designed to do? What action steps are you taking to do your part's function? Right? I mentioned don't worry about what anybody else is doing. If you do not, if you, don't, if you do not consider yourself part of the body of Christ, 
If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, made him head in your life, then what's holding you back? It's, it's laid out for us. And specifically next week, the message is going to be laid out clearly. What do I need to do to become part of this, this thing called the body, this difference I see in other people's lives that's not in my life, this peace that transcends all understanding how do I have peace when there's all this to worry about? Cornelius is going to lay that out next week. For now, Galatians 2.20. If you want to, that's, you want to turn to that with me. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can you make this claim? Even if you've been coming to church for a long time, can you make that claim? Can you say you've been crucified with Christ and you no longer live? But Christ lives in you? Can you say, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me? Is that a claim that you can make? If no, I'll ask again, then what's holding you back? Could it be fear? Could it be doubt? Does this thing really work? Is this really true? What's behind the curtain? When the curtain's pulled back, what's, what am I going to see? Those are the enemy, not Christ. If Christ is drawing you, come to him. If you hear his voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, come to him. If you've made that decision, we need you growing, specifically doing your part. We just said we, we're not going to be the best that we can be without you. Every one of you that are here today, if you know Christ, he's in your life, he's Lord of your life, you're part of this body, then we need you. We need you to grow. Ask God to reveal your part, what he would have you doing. What is it that would most please him? Not please man, not please my mom, not please my wife, not please my husband. Right? What specifically would please God? What's going to please him? If any of these questions struck you, I would ask you to talk to the Lord as we pray. After we get through praying, I'll be up front for a few minutes. would love to talk with you, answer any questions. Um, Dan's, he's going to play Crown of Many Crowns. So we're going to pray, and then I'll close this out in prayer after, we, uh, after uh, Dan plays his message. But let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we just praise you and thank you. Lord, we're sinful men and women saved by grace. Praise, praise you, praise God that we can call ourselves Children of the Most High, thank you, Jesus, for your, your death on that cross. Praise you that, for the resurrection, that you now live in the world, you live in us. Praise you and thank you that you prayed for us, that we have the Holy Spirit within us to guide us and direct us. Father God, as we serve Jesus Christ, as we serve our King, as we serve our Lord, Lord, we pray you would be pleased. As we spend time in your word, we pray you would convict us. 
Lord, for those that are here that have not made that decision, that conviction, that they might feel that light that's bringing life to revelation. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, for the hearts of those that have not yet made a decision to join, join us, join the body, to live eternally in Christ. Pray in these few minutes, Lord, that they would consider and make that decision. They would ask Jesus to come into their heart. Lord and Savior, ask forgiveness of sins. Make a change in their lives. That they might live and live eternally. Lord, I do just praise you and thank you. And as we listen to this next song that Dan's going to play, pray you just help us to meditate on who you are. Jesus' name, amen. I would like to invite you to please stand and sing this together. It also is you look at the second verse that he sings, the true Jew, and that's coming soon. Amen.